At Donington this weekend, we'll be craning our necks to see who is going to clean up. This is the Donington Preview. Well, for those whose cringe uh, reflex is still not <laughs> swallowed them whole, welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast. Yes, as Sam has so beautifully put an the introduction there, we are heading to Donington Park this weekend, the Grand Prix circuit for its touring car debut, I believe, um, certainly in the modern era. Uh, we are going this weekend, which is good. That'll be two on the bounce, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Sam, you join me as ever. How are you? Yeah, and that, that's what happens when you let me do the intros. Just just putting that out there, I gave you the opportunity and you turned it down. I mean, they're no worse than what I normally come up with. To be fair, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, we are going this weekend. Um, it'll be nice to see a slightly different layout circuit of Donington. Um, one that I'm excited for as well. I think it will bring some difference in action. Um and it will certainly be different to last time out at Knock Hill. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, only literally less than a minute into the podcast. However, I think that the hype is not real, particularly. It's an extra hairpin. It, I don't think it's going to cause that much it's difference. It's two to extra hairpins. I don't think it's going to change anything particularly. Napa will still be very quick and they'll be head of the field. Yeah, That's the podcast preview over. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah, I certainly do think um, normality will probably resume this weekend, despite the possibilities of the weather. Um, I don't think we'll have as much craziness as we did last time out at Knock Hill, although that was excellent to see. Um, but yeah, I think Napa are going to be probably ones to beat this weekend we know how strong they were at the start of the season here and i don't see any reason as to why that would change no you have mentioned the weather there and it is remarkably as we record this on the monday due to rain this weekend which (laughs) i think i say it's going to rain every weekend i'm hopeful yeah the weather does the weather forecast is quite solid for the sunday that is going to be a big block of rain as we record yeah if it does rain, I think this will be the wettest season I can remember where we've had rain at so many events. Um, obviously, we had it in Donington. It's had it, certainly um, created a lot of changes. Um, yeah. Although I don't think it's had a bigger effect as when it used to with ballast on board and people were having to change their setups all the time. Um, I, I think, apart from obviously what we learned with ride height issues last weekend, um, I think setup-wise there isn't too much to change. I'd agree with you. Shall we go through the circuit then? Yes, uh, very much. Grand Prix circuit. As you say, it adds a little bit of, um, I suppose, mileage to the circuit. 2.49 miles with 12 corners. Uh, The first BTC race was in 1986. Obviously, we've not had it on the calendar for a while, certainly in the modern era. Uh, The only real difference is that rather than having the final chicane, that chicane goes into the the GP section, which gives us an extra hairpin, or as you've correctly pointed out, two hairpins, uh, effectively a long chicane, and then back round again. So, yeah... Not a great deal of difference. The main part of the circuit is still there, so you've still got your crane of curves, you've still got your old hairpin, etc. Uh, and that's where your action points are going to be this weekend. Obviously, because it's not been on the circuit uh, calendar for so long, we haven't got a quality lap record or a race lap record uh, in the modern era, so we can't play that game. So I've got a different game coming up a bit later on. Ooh, I like games. I like games a lot. Uh, yeah, I, it's a momentum killer, 
I, I would say, the, the GP layout. Obviously, going left at the S's rather than right, you're coming down to two big stopping points in uh, at the Melbourne Hairpin and Goddard's. But I think Goddard's could be quite important this weekend in getting a good run onto the, onto the pit straight, and especially for qualifying as well. If you get people holding back coming up to that final hairpin, and you're going to lose momentum with possibly a little bit of traffic. So I think getting a good lap in this weekend could be fairly crucial in qualifying. Do you think anybody does a Nicholas Latifi and goes the wrong way? And uh, forgets that on the GP circuit? No, no, it, it will be sufficiently barriered off, I would expect. That's a fair point, yeah. <laughs> uh, when you said momentum, kid, I didn't know if you were talking about the circuit or me, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it it does cut off the natural flow to the circuit yeah. somewhat, and also breaks up the long back straight, which is kind Certainly. of in, uh, kind of good, I suppose. As I say, I'm not that hyped. We'll see if anything changes. I don't actually think it's a particularly good overtaking zone, as I don't think it's particularly wide enough. So I, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of overtakes at the old hairpin. We might see a few, sorry, at the Melbourne, Melbourne hairpin, yeah. sorry. We might see a few more coming onto the pit straight, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm to be convinced um, at this moment in have time. Have you ever seen any racing on the GP circuit? Not live. I have seen okay. YouTube clips. Okay. So, so I, I have, I yeah. have seen some racing on the GP circuit before. Uh, I think I did, I went and saw, I think the Renault World Series there um, when they had all their different series and the Clios and uh, Renault uh, Formula cars as well. Um, so that hairpin, I think, might actually throw up a bit more action than, than you're expecting. Um, I think it will be a good viewing point as well, watching them come left through the S's and then down to the hairpin, because you'll be able to see them go down the hill towards the hairpin and then come back up to Goddard's as well. Um yeah, I mean, it'll be good for the fan experience. Yes. I think there'll be a, a lot of... Maybe not, actually. I think if we'd had the Legends here, it would cause chaos in the Legends racing. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure. Maybe in the minis we'll see a bit of action here, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I need to see it live. I'm a little bit down on the se- on the whole, you know, on the season as a whole, really, because it has been so dominant, um, which I think is, you know, you, you have to just take your hats off to oh, that, yeah. as we've discussed in the past, but it's not been a particularly exciting season. And I also think, and I, I, I put this to you on the way home from Knock Hill, when I'm going to put it to you to the wider podcast here, I do wonder if the spiraling costs of being in the touring cars is affecting the racing. Are drivers taking risks, which might result in big um, bills to the, to the damage pay, repayments on the car? I don't know. That's a possibility that I think we have to, to have to factor in. The uh, crash budgets are huge, and you know, is it worth losing the, your season over one place potentially? And I think that's a question that might be restricting racing. I certainly think for drivers and teams lower down the grid. So obviously, Team Hard mm-hmm. running six cars, PMR being a fairly individual outfit. Obviously, moving up to three cars this season. I think on the whole, they've been fairly lucky in their, their contacts with other drivers has been low, so their damage bill has been low. Um, yeah, Obviously, Team Hard have gone through a couple of engine changes on Thompson's car, um, so I think that's why they might be struggling a little bit more. But WSR, Napa and Hyundai, they're big teams, they're big manufacturer-backed teams, so I very much doubt that they're going to have financial complications, shall we say. Yes, maybe drivers like Halstead who are trying to bring some of the budget with them will struggle a little bit. 
Um, but overall, I think the financial power that, that backs those drivers or those top drivers in those teams, it won't be an issue at all. I don't fully disagree, although on the flip side, I can't remember a massive crash this no. year. And I'm not saying we no. want to see massive crashes, but you think you've had the Lloyd one at uh, Orton Park yep. last year. Uh, we've had, a, I'm sure there's a couple more, that, you know, uh, the Andy Neat involved pile-up at Thruxton two years ago. We haven't really had um, a big multi-car Touch incident this season. Um, <laughs> Touch wood. I say, it's not something no. I want to see. You know, I don't want to see people getting hurt or damaged, but I do wonder whether... Is it a case that the standard has gone up? I don't think so, because the drives are basically yeah. the same. Uh, so what is the, what are the other reasons? I just wonder whether drivers are slightly more cautious with the um, with the potential for stricter or more limited budgets. I do at the think minute. this season, though, we have seen more engine changes. Um, there are numerous drivers yeah. on the grid that have taken new engines above the, the limit of what are, what is set, uh, hence the penalties that they have in championship points, which... I don't know whether that's down to reliability or, as you say, when they get back to the factory, having time to rebuild the engines and look through them and find any possible issues that there might be that could cause further um, further damage. There, there are lots of various reasons as to why this season has gone the way that it has. Some of that is down to all credit to Napa and building an excellent car, excellent chassis, best driver on the grid, and having that combination of all the things come together. But I also think teams like WSR haven't found the right setup fully this season. I think they've really struggled on that fact. We've seen how much of an effect Barry Plowman has had possibly on one motorsport coming in that weekend. They seem to have found a new vein of form. And up until that point two of the team hard drivers have been performing extremely well with that backing which is why I think I said it either last week or, or in previous that engineers are having a big part in this championship and and how cars are run I agree just pick up on your engine point I wonder if it's cheaper for the teams to replace the engine than it is to, to try and find out the problem when you, look, when you consider the labour and the parts and all that kind of stuff maybe Again, going into the budget problems, it's just cheaper to do that. So a reminder of the championship standings as we come back into this weekend. Ash Sutton leads the way on 310 points from Tom Ingram on 273. So a gap of effectively 50 points. Um, 40 points, sorry. 40 points. Maths was never my strong point. <laughs> and then Hill is back on 260, effectively, who is 50 points 50 back. 50 points behind. Well done. <laughs> yes. And Turkington on 229, effectively 80, uh, 70 points back. Sorry. Again, maths is not my forte. I think we've both agreed that Camish and Turkington's championship uh, tilt has ended. Yep. Yep. I think even me, who's been saying you can't count Colin out for a lot of this season, is now counting Colin out. It's it's done, as far as I'm concerned. They, they both, uh, that's too big a gap to make up. Yeah, they both had such a shocking weekend at Knock Hill. Um, and I think that was really the, the final nail in the coffin for their championship challenge. Hill is very much on the edge. Obviously, that double win at Knock Hill has, has helped him out along the way in trying, out of it, mate. trying to keep in contact. Um, He's out of it, mate. But if he doesn't outscore Sutton this weekend, then I definitely think he is out of it. I think it's out already, mate, to be honest with you. I, I can't see 
uh, a fifty-point swing. Well, if, yeah, no, not not for me. Okay. Not for me. But strange things have happened. Yes. Uh, my game this week, as yeah. we can't do it, is that Sutton currently has three hundred and ten points, as discussed. Yeah. This would have won how many championships in the last ten years at this stage already? In the last ten years, you say. Yeah, so back to we're going from twenty twenty two to twenty twelve. Okay, are the stats I have. So um, in those ten years, how many championships would he have already won at this point? I'm going to go for four. Okay, I'm going to tell you that's wrong, which I can never guess. Higher or lower? Uh, lower. Lower. Oh, okay. Mm, two, I was surprised. Two then. Correct. Uh, twenty eighteen. Yep. Uh, 304 points and 2016 308 points okay. uh, he's close to 2019's margin which is 320 yeah uh, and he's close ish to 2014's margin of uh so 2015's margin of 348 um there is a standout year where i don't think even he will get to um so just to go through the list 394 in 2022 357, 356, 320, 304, 372, 308, 348, 434 in 2014, which is huge. Uh, 397 and 408. So 2014, no, it was um, Colin Turkington. And I said wow before I came onto the pod because. Just looking at that year, he took. Let me just do some quick maths. That's four, five, six, seven, eight wins. Yep. He took. So uh, what's that? is on now. Yep. He took one, two, three, four, five, five uh, seconds. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six thirds, and his lowest point scoring finish that year was eighth. He only re- failed to score points on four occasions, two of which he'd already won the championship by. Wow. Um, he put a run together of how many successive podiums would that be? One, two, three, four, five, six. There, one, two, or one, two, three. Yeah, he took a, put a run together of six successive podiums, which included five wins. Okay, and so currently this season, Sutton, as I said, has eight wins with five second places and one third. Um, he has had a 15th and a 12th at Donington and Thruxton, along with obviously the three retirements at Donington, Alton and Croft. Is it through those retirements that you think might stop him actually going on to beat that championship uh, total? Well, you say that in that year, as I said, Turkin did have uh, three retirements and a 20th place finish. Okay. So, you know... But I think what's remarkable that year is that just how many you know, Turkson won double race after double yeah. race after double race and then got podiums when he didn't win. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at Alton Park as an example. Uh, he took two firsts, sorry, two firsts and a third. Snetson that year, he took two seconds and a third. Rockingham, two firsts and a fourth. Silverstone, two seconds and a third. Mm. I mean, those are weekends that are just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and certainly quite hasn't quite had that go his way this year. So I don't think he'll beat what is the record in the last 10 years. But I think he'll be beating a good 60%, 70% of the other um, points totals that I read out okay. there. Yeah, I, I could quite easily see that happening, especially with how dominant the car is as well. And now that we believe that obviously Camish has fallen out of the championship hunt, I think if they're yeah. looking sensibly about it, you've got to try and push Sutton over the line first to get that championship done out of the way, and then you concentrate Agreed. on the on the team's championships and the, and the manufacturers' championships. If you're if you're Napa, 
I agree with you. Uh, a, a quick look back at last year's Donington results and for the title hopefuls. Tom Ingram uh, took a first, a second and a fifth. Yep. Sutton took a fourth, a sixth and a second. Hill won on the road but was excluded for ride height in the opening round of the season. He So he then got an excluded, a ninth and a first. And Colin, just for the sake of it as he's there, got a second, a 14th and an eighth. Obviously, we must must clarify that this was on the uh, shorter layout and not the GP yes. circuit. But I still think you can draw some correlation uh, between between the results and, and what we should probably expect this weekend. Yeah, and a reminder of how things th- finished earlier this year. Uh, Sutton had a retirement after a <laughs> start line accident yeah. in race one, a 15th and a third. Ingram had a third, a second, and a ninth. Hill had a second, a sixteenth, and a fourth. And Colin had a twelfth, an eighth, and a fifth. So I'm expecting Ingram and Sutton to be at the front this weekend. Although I would like to just put my hat in the ring, as it were, for Josh Cook and the resurgence of that car. The Honda goes well here, traditionally speaking. Gordon Shedden won here in 22 um, and took a third and a ninth that day. The, the Honda has got good pedigree around this circuit. Do you know circuit. what also goes sneakily well here is the Astra. It does, and yeah. I'm, I'm kind. My hopes and expectations are probably right up here for the Astra this weekend. And I really, really hope they don't fall foul either to the weather or just dire luck, basically, whether they have an accident or whether they have mechanical issues. Um, they've been performing so well and so strongly throughout the season across all three drivers in the team that it would be a real shame if this was the weekend where the expectations are probably the highest for them that actually lets them down. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, our predictions will be quite boring, I think, given that the way the season's gone. So do you see any surprises this weekend? Is there any driver that you think might, for good or for bad reasons, surprise us this weekend? Mm, that's a good question. Um, as you say, I, I think one Thank motorsport you. are on the up. Toyota had a very mixed weekend at the start of the year, had a couple of retirements, um, had reliability issues. So I think we might see a much better and much more positive weekend from them. But if we're looking at rain, then... It could be a roll of the dice for anyone, really. If you make the right decision, like we saw Chilton do at the start of the season, then we could have a surprise winner outside of possibly those top five, six drivers in the championship. Yeah, I I don't see any surprises, good or bad, this weekend, to be honest with you. I don't really see any surprises for the rest of the season. We've got tracks that, whilst aren't bad, I don't think are going to throw up anything particularly surprising. I think we've had, this, we've had the, the tracks where weird yep. things can happen um, already this season. I see nothing but Napa dominance this weekend. Robottom, I think, might be a surprise in the sense that I think he might be closer to the pace of Camish this yep. this weekend than, than um, he has been for the rest of the season. Um, but other than that, I, I, maybe I suppose you might make a surprise that one motorsport, I think, will I think they're going to get, at the very least, a podium okay. this weekend. Uh, they seem to have made some real steps yes. forward with that car. And Cook goes well here, and the car goes well here. Um, quickly into the Jack Sears before we go on to our full predictions. And obviously, at the minute, Dobble leads the way for Watson. Um, Patterson is in that championship yes. punt as well, uh, as is just about Osborne and Pearson, although probably not so much now. Uh, anything that you see, particularly this weekend in the in the Jack Sears, I think that you're right, the yeah. PMRs will be good here. And as such, I think it's absolutely vital that Patterson 
uh, Pearson and Osborne at the very least finish all three races to score as many points as they possibly can. Yeah, very much so. Looking at how the Jack Sears Championship is developing, and as you say, PMR looking strong at Donington, I have a feeling it's going to come from one of the PMR boys this weekend. Mm. And probably Patterson, off the back of the weekend that he had at Kill, has just got to do very well to either keep pace with them and try and challenge them, but also then take advantage of if there are any slip-ups, if one of those Astra drivers gets shuffled down the pack a little bit, really start to try and push for those positions if he wants to go for the Jack Sears trophy at the end of the season. I'm not going to put this in my predictions, and I'm going to absolutely live to regret it when you clip this up and laugh at me, but <laughs> Aaron Taylor-Smith gets a podium this weekend. See, I, I was thinking whilst at work today, should I change one of my predictions to be based on PMR? Mm. And, and the, the prediction that I was thinking of including, which I haven't, was seeing all three drivers have a top 10 finish this weekend. Uh, I think that's a... Yeah, I think that's likely. And I'd also think... It's right on the cusp of, of possibly coming true. But if, if the weekend goes to plan, then yes, I think it could quite easily happen. But with the possibility of rain coming, then it, anything could happen. Yeah, and if rain does come, do not rule out Andrew Watson for taking a race win and I'm going to say it a race win because he is very good in the wet and depending how things go do not rule out Andrew Watson taking a race he was ridiculously rapid here at the start of the season in his first ever race in the rain um, and now he knows how to use the hybrid mate he does now know, now know how to use that absolutely he took a second at not kill um, yep. in the wet conditions if it rains do not rule him out for a race win interesting shall we get on to some predictions then mate yes good shout so, first up on the prediction list, I have Camish for a pole position. We know he went very well here earlier in the season, uh, even in the wet weather. And I think he likes this track and he'll want to continue with that. Um, hence why I've gone for him for a win as well. And the fact that you can't really rule out Sutton this season, I think Sutton's probably going to stay in my winning category towards in the last two rounds at Silverstone and Donington uh, and at Brands as well. But I also think Ingram badly needs to take a win this weekend. It's a track that he enjoys. Um, He's had good success here before. And if he's going to stay in touch with Sutton in title hunt, then he either needs to equal or better his points tally this weekend. Um, and Jack Sears, as I say, it's a toss-up, really. I'm going for Doble this weekend because I've seen that you've gone for Watson. Um, basically, I need the points back, but it could be either PMR driver taking this home. Cut to Sam Osborne winning by country mark. <laughs> we said that last time and Pearson came through, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, so we'll move on to yours. Yeah, so I've also gone for a, a poll for Dan Kamish. Does like it here, is fast here. Um, will obviously have more hybrid than his counterpart, Sutton. And actually, for all the jokes about hybrid, I think this is one of the few tracks it might actually make a bit of difference, Going having that spur off the S's down to the hairpin. I can oh, see logically... I can see logically... Back, <laughs> well, no, I can see logically how it could make a difference here if, if it, you know... I'm still not convinced by it. Sutton was saying that, that you know you need hybrid to do well at Knock Hill. Well, that wasn't quite the case, was it? So, no. if it's going to work anywhere, this is a logical place for it to work, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, I think if that is the case, Carish will get pole. 
Uh, I think Sutton double win. Even if Cambridge does get pole, Sutton will qualify in the top four and the orders will be let Sutton through um, and leave him alone. Well, okay. that, that will be the team order. It's as simple as that. So that's why I don't see uh, Cambridge winning a race this weekend because he will be told to let Ash Sutton through. So we're not, we're and I think if Sutton wins one, he'll win two. It's as simple as that. We're not going to have a start line mishap this weekend from him. Well, okay. As long as Sutton doesn't you know, mess it up himself, yeah. that's how I see it playing out. Okay. Um, and if Sutton wins one, he wins two in my mind. Yeah. And I think Josh Cook on a reverse grid will be looking, um, as I say, I, I really fancy the car this weekend. Um, don't rule out Watson if it rains, as I keep saying, but I'm not brave enough to commit that to a prediction. <laughs> Whereas I think Cook... Cook showed really good pace in Lockhill last weekend, yeah. or last time out, sorry, really good pace. And actually, at times, looked to be one of the huge drivers, along with Hill, who could actually match Sutton for pace. Yeah, very um, so, with that in mind, I think he might take a reverse grid win. And because it's raining, I've gone for Watson, and I think you're going to regret not going for Watson if it rains, because I think he is a cut above the rest of the Jack Sears drivers when it comes to wet, difficult conditions. I, I, I need the points. I've got to go something different. It is. I know it's a bit of a, a double or nothing kind kind of thing going you know, for someone different, um, but I'm I'm really hoping that Dogal can pull through for me. Very good. Should we do some general predictions? Yep. So let's get yours right. out of the way first of all. Yeah, so I'm going for Cook outscores Butcher. Butcher has really upset me this year for you know, reasons <laughs> that we've discussed to 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 a long extent on this podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for Cook outscores Butcher. I think one Motorsport outscore Hyundai. I I only see Ingram scoring here. I don't see. Um, admittedly, I made these predictions before I looked at the weather. If it rains, Chilton is a. Well, if it rains, Chilton and Pearson are possibilities. Yeah. If it doesn't rain, or doesn't rain enough, I don't see any of the other Hyundai boys doing particularly well this weekend okay. based on previous here. Um, yeah, Ingram goes well here. That's about it. Uh, and then the safety car, each race, Donington always provides a level of contact and a level of uh, somebody getting off into the crane of curves or, or something like that. Rain is going to help and this can, weekend. Yeah, and I can see somebody getting punted off at the Melbourne hairpin and having to have a safety car recovery there or something. So, yeah, I think we'll have a safety car in each of the races this weekend. And finally, we're going to do a game of overtakes at the hairpin. This is the new hairpin for this year, so that's the Melbourne hairpin. Not the secondary bit, just that Melbourne one, yeah? Lovely. Uh, And I'm going to go for four. I don't think it's going to be that big an overtaking zone. Okay, and and just to clarify, they have to be behind before they get into the hairpin and in front before they get to Goddard's. Yes, and if somebody goes off there and everyone goes past them, that does not count as an overtake. (laughs) It's got to be an on-track overtake and not because of a problem. (laughs) So they pull to the left. We're talking an actual racing manoeuvre, yeah? That's absolutely fine. Just closing off all the loopholes now before <laughs> before somebody inevitably goes off of the hairpin on their own, loses it, Nick Elsip looking at you, and then um, everyone goes past them. That does not oh, count. Dear. Yeah, no, I can completely agree on that one. Lovely, thank you very much. So for me this weekend, I'm going for Dan Lloyd to outscore all his team hard teammates um, combined, which... I'm hoping his performances this season, we've been used to seeing him just inside the top 10 or round about that sort of position. Um, and it's normally only maybe one or two other hard drivers that have been scoring points. So I would 
I would just say at time of recording, we do not know who is at uh, yeah, Hard this weekend, if anybody, in place of Nick Hamilton. I believe I've seen online that Rob Huff is busy with other things, so it won't okay. be him. Um, so it depends on A, whether that's true, and B, whether they bring anybody else in for this weekend, assuming Nick's yeah, not back. Yeah. Um, either way, I don't think it'll have too much of a bearing on this prediction. I think Lloyd is just a little cut above the rest of his teammates. And also, he does seem to go quite well here. He did really well when he was in the PMR Astra. So, this is where they bring in someone like Bobby Thompson for the weekend, just to really upset him. <laughs> Um, so my second prediction is Toyota to outscore one motorsport this weekend and I'm I'm just going on the little flip side of Toyota had a really bad run here at the start of the season and I think they've sorted my how they've improved I think they've sorted some things out and I think last weekend Rob Collard and Gamble would have gained a little bit of confidence from where they finished go on Ricky even sorry Sorry. Um, Gamble and Collard gained um, confidence last weekend and I think Butcher will certainly be looking to resurrect uh, some sort of points tally this, this year um, so I think they might have a, a little fight back this weekend I also don't see Moffat going too well here but we'll see um, and finally Morgan to outscore Jelly I have a feeling this may be a jelly disaster weekend. I don't know why. It's just something in the water that he's had such that high of knock hill that it's all going to come crashing down. Um, but that, that's that's just how I feel really on that one. And then my hairpin overtakes, I think there are going to be seven, um, possibly even a few more. It's a nice wide hairpin. It'll be interesting to see if someone gets a bad exit off the second part of the S's, someone gets a little bit of an overlap. I'm, I'm hoping for plenty of action down there this weekend. It's, it, it's interesting with the jelly mm. one um, because when it rains, he tends to be quite good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I agree with you. It would be either a jelly masterclass or a jelly disaster class, and there would be a great deal in between. Um, absolutely. I think then, other than giving you the TV or the race times, rather, that sums up the podcast. So, obviously, on the sun on the Saturday we have qualifying, which you can find on the uh, ITV website. Um, I think among YouTube, other places, yeah. but that's the place we watch it on YouTube as well. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, that will be at fifteen thirty-five to four. Just gone four o'clock. No top ten sprint this weekend. Just normal yeah. qualifying. Uh, procedure. Then on the Sunday we have our first race at quarter to twelve. Uh, we have our second race at quarter ooh, three. Ooh, uh, quarter three, and our final race at twenty five past five. Good luck to everybody getting out the car park. We'll see you on Monday. It's a good job. Can, can I just point out? I want to try and park where we parked for the start of the season because we got out so quickly compared to where we parked previously. I'd love it if we could try and get in that entrance again. All right, Kevin Keegan. Just love it. Bloody love it. Um, we just sort that <laughs> yes, out at did. another time, but not here live on a podcast. Um, Sam, do you have any final thoughts ahead of the uh, weekend? Looking forward to seeing a new layout circuit. Yes, I know it's still Donington, but we've, we've got something extra to add this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see what action that throws up. Um, support package is fairly standard. We've got two lots of Porsches, some F4s and some Minis rain comes in any of those races it could always get a little bit entertaining and um 
yeah, a bit of a break after this weekend as well. We've got, I think, three or four weeks before we go back to Silverstone for the last two rounds. How about you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, my final thoughts are that um, despite my inability to order things correctly, we will be taking this with us, which is a the flag that I had printed, thinking it would be a nice big flag, and it's not. It's the size of a four, a five rather. However, this will be pinned onto probably your backpack yeah. throughout the day. So if you do see this flag, this lovely flag, which can also be used as a handkerchief in an emergency, <laughs> then please do come and say hello. I just hope we don't have um, to shelter under it. Yeah. I'm not sure either. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's not even going <laughs> to... But yeah, that will be pinned on us in lovely blue, so do come and say hello if you see that flag on our rucksack. Uh, other than that, I'm looking forward to being at a live touring car event, no matter how pessimistic I sound, even though Napa are going to dominate. All right then. Well, uh, do come and see us if you um, see us there. Come and talk. We don't bite. We're quite happy to have a chat with you. Don't forget, if you come and correctly identify Russell's everyday car you will get a little sweetie off of him oh, yeah. um and we will of course be back with a review with the driver grades and a few little podcasts in between um donington weekend and silverstone in late september but until then you've made a promise there goodbye Bye. Bye.